All right, here we go. Here we go. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Indeed, how do we confront the issues of America's heart and home? Well, we do it here on this broadcast every day. We say that Viewpoint determines destiny, which it does. We deal with things, uh, we discuss things continually for 28 and a half years live here on Viewpoint, uh, dealing with some of the most difficult issues of our time. But then there are others that are dealing with a level of issues that uh, would not be on the scope of what we do here, but are reserved politically to deal with issues that only those who are elected can really deal with. And so today on Viewpoint, we have a special treat in which we're going to meet a, uh, a gentleman who has been around for a while. He's not necessarily known uh, worldwide or even nationwide, but he's known within the Commonwealth of the State of Virginia. And uh, he actually has announced his intention to run for the Senate of the United States of America from Virginia to be a Virginia senator. And uh, to my knowledge, he has not held previous elective office, but uh, this is something that he has decided is necessary for him to do in order to, shall we say, fulfill his part in terms of making a difference for such a unique and challenging and yes, oftentimes discouraging time as this. Now, in order for that to happen, you have to have courage. You have to have the courage to run in the first place. And you have to have the conviction necessary to carry out the, the courage. And finally, you have to have the commitment that will carry you all the way through. When you run for office, it requires courage, conviction, and commitment. And we're going to talk about those things with our special guest today, Chuck Smith, who is joining us from Virginia Beach. And uh, this is something unusual, Chuck, where uh, we have not, we're not accustomed to interviewing candidates because a nonprofit is not uh, uh, normally uh, entitled to promote or endorse candidates. But doesn't prevent us from discussing the issues with you and uh, helping people to know why someone has the courage, the conviction, and the commitment to press out into uh, a world almost unknown until you enter it. That is the run for public office. So I welcome you aboard, Chuck. Thank you so much. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, you've been around for some period of time. In fact, uh, my understanding is that you actually uh, served here in the state of or Commonwealth of Virginia as the chairman of the Republican Party of Virginia Beach, uh, one of the largest uh, Republican committees in Virginia. Uh, how long did you do that? Uh, I... I served for a period of two years. Uh, Virginia Beach is the largest Republican committee for a city in the Commonwealth. There's only one 
mm-hmm. jurisdiction larger than Virginia Beach, and that's Fairfax. All right, so you are running as a Republican. Uh, are you running in a primary, or are you running uh, solely on as a Republican for uh, a senatorial office? So uh, I'm sure there's going to be a primary here. We've got, by my count, maybe about nine people running for this seat. Um, and, as a Republican? Uh, uh, yes, we have, <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have nine Republicans uh, about nine Republicans running for the United States Senate in 2024. That's that, that's right. Yeah. Well, you're going to have to have a lot of lanes in this race, and you're going to have to make sure everybody stays in their lane, or they're going to get disqualified, aren't they? Well, here's the deal. I, I, I you said something earlier, uh, candidates. Uh, I don't think you you necessarily have to think of me as a candidate, whether you live in Virginia or live outside of Virginia. All right. If you think of me, perhaps as a soldier, a fighter someone who believes in this country, who wants to stand up for this country, by any of those names. I like it's that. Not necessary, it's not necessary political in that sense. But we've got to get our country back. And whether you're a candidate, whether you're a fighter, whether you believe in this country, you have to have some values by which you stand up. Well, that's and true. That's, that's and, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. The problem with the word values is that it began to be used uh, very prominently back in the late 60s and 1970s, when I was a public school teacher in California. And from before that time, we talked about truth, and we talked about uh, uh, facts, and we talked about morality and things that were right or wrong. But in the late 1960s and early 1970s, all that kind of discussion went out, and teachers were now required to talk about values. In fact... They had a term that was coined back then called values clarification. So teachers were to bring about values clarification for the young people because apparently, presumptively, the parents didn't know anything about values or how to keep them clarified. The problem with values clarification was it wasn't about clarification at all. It was about removing existing values and replacing them with a new kind of value called political correctness, multiculturalism, and religious pluralism. That was the new unholy trinity of values that replaced traditional American values. So that having been stated, I've been there right at the heart of how this began. How do you respond to that? when everybody wants to use the word values and nobody knows what it really means. Well, you know, I, I, I start by saying that we've allowed people to turn our words against us. We've allowed people True. to turn this country against itself. We've allowed people to degrade the very things that were once prominent and that were once sacred. Exactly. God has been removed from the church. God has been removed from politics. God has been removed from the schools. And, uh, you know, I always say when I was a little boy growing up in Greensboro, North Carolina, my, my mother, my grandmother used to put butter on my face and my legs because we couldn't afford uh, 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 lotion. And we'd go off to church. We understood values. We knew we had to go to church on Sunday. That's what people mm. did on Sunday. Mm. We knew if we didn't go to church, we couldn't play. We knew that when <laughs> Grandma said, don't go across the street, not to go across the street, because we would get a spanking if we did. You mean and, you and believed in, you believed that parents had genuine authority? Yes. Oh, not just them. Neighbors. 
our friends, uh, uh, you know, my grandmother's friends would look after us as we were running around in the streets saying, get out of the street, Chucky, do this, do that. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You just used a word that hasn't been used around me for a very long period of time. Way back when I was about five or six, the word yeah. Chucky. Be Chucky, careful yeah. about how you use that word around me, my friend. Uh, I know it. I know it. I, you know, as I grew older, I had to get rid of the IE and uh, I became Chuck. There but, you yeah. go. And, and of course, that's always... the most dangerous name in America. They want to put us yeah. in roast, out the window, and so on. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah, so we... you grew up in that kind of environment uh, where values were understood and preserved. Everything has changed and been turned on its head. Let's talk about that when we get back. Friends, we're talking with Chuck Smith. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate in Virginia. And I thought it would be well to bring it before you, even though you may not live in Virginia, to understand that God is moving in the minds and hearts of people to make a difference. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Uh, we're going to refer to me as Charles Chris Meyer for the balance of the program, if we dare do that, in order to distinguish between my special guest, Chuck Smith, and Charles Chris Meyer. Now, don't think that uh, if you look up the word Charles Chris Meyer on the Internet, you're necessarily going to get me, because you will get my father as also, I happen to be Charles III. Now, I'm not King Charles III, but I am Charles III, and uh, so just be careful about that. After this interview, you can go back to Chuck. But for now, I'm Charles. Our guest is Chuck Smith. We were talking about values, and uh, I remember uh, when Barack Obama was running, and uh, he kept ta- using this word values and values and values and values. And the, the fundamental thing about this is it is a very deceptive word now. And it's used deceptively because it implies that people know what those values are and agree with your values. So when Barack Obama talked about values, he wasn't talking about American values. He wasn't talking about your values, Chuck, or mine. He was talking about his values. Right, that's right. And that's why five days before his inauguration, he had to say we're uh, five days away from the fundamental transformation of America. You see, he was going to completely change all the values of America. Right. So... We've got to be very, very careful and define what these values are. So I'm going to give you a chance to define what those values are. Go for it. Okay. So uh, we know what's right and wrong. Uh, we used to grow up believing that, uh, uh, you know, God was in heaven and that God would watch us. Uh, there, there were people who would be looking after us. Mm-hmm. We have we have turned that on top of its head. Uh, True. People have stopped believing that there is a higher power, that there's no one higher than them or themselves. Uh, 
I say we can get our country back, we can get our systems back, we can get our values back if we just teach our children to believe in something higher than themselves, mm. uh, you know, whatever that may be. Uh, 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 there, I mean, for us, it was a no-brainer. Uh, uh, Jesus, Lord, God, God is here, God is there. Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible. Teaches me. You know, we just... Yeah, red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious absolutely. in his sight, too. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely. Where has that gone? It has gone away, because there are narrow-minded people... On their narrow-minded the- streets... Absolutely. Who want to have it (laughs) their way. And they're the ones destroying this country. They're the ones destroying the things that we once thought were important. Completely perverting and destroying called black, white, white, black, which is exactly what the prophets in the Old Testament said was going to happen in the end times. Right, right, right. Are we there yet? Exactly. Exactly. I think we're as close as as we can get there without destroying the very fabric of this country. Uh, uh, Everything is on the line now. It Uh, is. Everything's on the line. And I suspect that that's what's motivating you to step out of your comfort zone as a retired attorney. You practice law for 40 years. Is that right? 44 years. Yes. 44 years. Well, you more than doubled mine. Of course, I've been doing this now for 30 years. So, uh, we, we're pretty well dedicated uh, and following our convictions to do what we need to do uh, at any particular time. Now, you actually uh, went to the Marine Corps when you were 17, didn't you? Yes, I did. Absolutely. Why did you do that? Uh, I wanted to serve our country. I thought there was a place for me there. I knew there was a war going on. and That was called uh, yeah, the Vietnam War. Vietnam War. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, I, I go to my grandmother and I say, uh, I'm on the front lawn. She's coming out the door. I say, look, Mama, I've just joined the military. And you could see tears in her eyes. It's rolling from her eyes because mm. no words needed to be said. She knew that there were people dying in Vietnam, and she knew that people were coming home in body bags. Yeah, well, 50,000 50, men lost their lives in Vietnam. Charles, all she could say was, Chucky, Chucky, stay on that doggone ship. Stay on that ship. <laughs> and I said, Mama, uh, I didn't join the Navy. I joined the Marine Corps. And she literally collapsed in the front yard. Oh, my, my, my. She felt she felt that I wasn't coming home. Well, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young men uh, said, you know what? Uh, this is too dangerous. And also, I don't agree with this. So they began to do whatever they could to stay out of the war, to stay out of the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still had the draft at that time. Right, draft. I remember that. One of my right. best buddies got drafted. I did not. And uh, the way I ended up serving was in uh, teaching mathematics in a junior high school in a right. district in California that had the highest number of ex-cons in the state. And those were the front lines for for me, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I didn't have to go to Vietnam. Look, it was a bloody place, uh, a bloody place, uh, and, and a time people were just not coming home. It was just unreal. But I knew, as an only child, that that was my purpose. That was my place to yeah. go. I wasn't thinking about running for office. I was thinking about serving our country. Imagine back in those days, G.I. Jane and all the people raging up, calling people. Uh, foolish for mm. going to fight for their country. Yeah. These, these are the, the values that we're talking about. You have to believe in something. I right. believe in this country, and I think 
a lot of our young men and women still believe in this country. Well, if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything, they say. Absolutely. And, yeah. of course, that's what's happening in our colleges and universities. They're being inculcated. It began, actually, with those who were uh, refusing to uh, become part of representing their country at the time of the Vietnam War. And uh, then, ultimately, they became university professors college yeah. professors, and look what they've done to our country. Yeah, 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 really. Yeah. I mean, we have we have people right now uh, who are running for the United States Senate who uh, uh, did not serve. Instead, they went and they wrote books in places. And, you know, that's commendable, but, uh, you know, you can't come up now and say, well, you know, I've got all these values and I have all these things I believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when it was your time to serve, you didn't do that. I, I I just think there are a lot of things that uh, the, the the left has been eating away with. Uh, they're not satisfied unless this country, uh, uh, you know, becomes a part of another country. And that's well, that's what globalism is about. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what the globalistic agenda is about. I hope you're not in favor of that. Absolutely not. That's okay. That, that set the stage for many of our listeners here because we realize that globalism is an anti-biblical uh endeavor that uh, is trying to globalize the spirit of the Tower of Babel that God destroyed uh, back there in Genesis chapter 11. So that's one of the big things that we're having to deal with now. Now, what's interesting to me, uh, Chuck, is you were born on July 4th. Did you know I was born on June 14th? So you were born when they were throwing up the fireworks, and I was born when they were putting up the flag. Or at least yeah. they used to put up the flag. They used to put up they the flag. They used exactly. to put up the flag. That tells exactly. us a lot about where our minds and hearts are in terms right. of patriotism yeah. and love of yeah. country, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you, at, there, there was a time when you could not even be seen or heard of stepping on or burning the United States flag. Mm. All that's been turned on its head. Um, uh, and, and and you wonder where this country's going. You know, when I was a kid, Chuck, I uh, uh, learned in school all of the great patriotic hymns of our country, uh, God Bless America, uh, This Is My Country, Grandest on Earth, This Is My Country, right. uh, Land of My Birth, I Pledge Thee My Allegiance, America the Bold, for This Is My Country to Have and to Hold. I don't think that any of our young people today in junior high school, have a clue what that song is or any of the others. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. And I use you know, I use part of those those hymns in my speeches to remind people. That Good for I, you. There is something about this country we belong to. Listen, uh, there are a lot of us uh, who who in this country uh, are praising other countries. Americans are being killed over in Israel, or, mm-hmm. or they're they're being slaughtered in in other places around the world, and right. they're talking about. Uh, how we owe it to the pe- the other people in the world to recognize that we have been enslavers at one point in time. It, 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 we can't get back to our history and value our history by believing that there there was no recourse to that. Well, this country indeed. has progressed. This country has progressed. Uh, uh, this country had, has made steps. I say all the time, we get back to our Constitution, all of our problems go away. All of them. All right now, Chuck. You, I, I, I think you, uh, you are a uh, African American or a black man, aren't you? Yes. Okay, yes. I thought so by looking at your yeah. picture. Yeah. Now, yeah. what say you 
about the destruction of a statue of Robert E. Lee, one of the most godly Christian men in the history of American leadership. He happened to represent the South because he was from the South. He wasn't a rabid slaver. He wasn't. Yet they had to rip his statute down and grind it into powder in their hatred for him just last week. What say you? Well, here's the problem I have. You cannot erase history by tearing down statutes. Whoever the people were that didn't believe that Robert E. Lee's statute should have been up there, Robert E. Lee's statute has has done no has done nothing to any anyone. What needs to happen is we need to put more statues up of all the people who fought in the Civil War, uh, uh, the the Union soldiers. Uh, but no, they don't want any of that history. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you, you, you have two sides to everything. I think God has put us exactly where he wants us to be. Yes, this country had slavery. A lot of countries throughout the world had slavery. So did but Africa. What, That's where they came what, from. So did Africa. They sold they their brethren into slavery. Yes, yes. yes. And we have come out from that. Mm. We, we have come away from that. Yeah. But no, that's not good enough for some of my brothers and sisters, mm. be they white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. No, they, they have to tear down our statues. But, I, you know, the question for me, Charles, is where, are our, where were our elected officials, the one that we elected to represent us when they were tearing these statues down? Yeah. Nowhere were, to be found. That's because they had no courage, no conviction, it's, and bingo. no commitment. That's a- the reason absolutely. they're papal... Uh, people pleasers and scared of their own shadows, desiring to protect their own power, perks, and position. Yes, yes. All right, that's not you. I hope. Oh, absolutely not. All right, I would that's be one what... of the first ones to say that anyone who tore down a statute, anyone who defaced a statute, they need to be held accountable and put in jail. That's not property that belongs to the individuals. That's mm. property that belongs to the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, I knew we we're going to get some 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 little chatter from you, Chuck, as we talk together. I did all I had to do was see a brief resume, and I knew you and I needed to have a little chat. So I want to make available a copy of my book uh, of several years ago called "Renewing the Soul of America." Renewing the Soul of America. It was the second of 11 books, friends, the second of 11 books. That particular book was endorsed by 38 national Christian leaders of various ilks. Why was that? Why did they think it was the most important book written in our time, in our generation, about our country and what needed to happen to bring about the change we could believe in? I'll tell you what it was. It was the only book that ever dealt with those things. The others were all finger-pointing books. This book was about you and me. It was about our families. It was about what needs to happen in our own minds, our own hearts, our own lives, in order to truly make a difference. It wasn't a finger-pointing book. And so 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it. I'm making it available to you today, my friends, uh, for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. 
saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA. You can write to it at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. And, Chuck, a copy is going to be on its way to you. It has been served. That book was served on every member of Congress, the Senate, the President, and his cabinet at that point. So uh, it is a very important book. It's a life-changing book, not primarily about politics, but about life. And you're talking about values now. That's what we've got to get back to. Okay, now you have five kiddos, right? Yes. And what are their ages? Uh, I have a 18-year-old, a 23-year-old, a 32-year-old, um, a 27-year-old and a 44-year-old. I know all of that challenges your memory, but it's obvious that you have sufficient memory, unlike the per, uh, the current inhabitant of the White House, okay. to be able to carry on the duties right. here of a U.S. Senator. We'll be right back after this, friends. Chuck Smith, our special guest, candidate for U.S. Senate. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. Saveus.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. Today, we're talking about a man who has the courage to run for a national office called the United States Senate in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And uh, he is one of perhaps as many as nine who will be running. And uh, here, we're not here just to promote somebody in and of themselves, but to allow Chuck Smith to explain to us what it is that is motivating him to do this when he doesn't have to do this. He's had 44 years of law practice. He's got five kids. I mean, why should he interrupt his retirement to do this? Why would he do that? Why? Most people are just looking for personal peace and affluence. They want to go out to the golf course and just chase a little white ball around the glass four or five times a day, a week. That's their life. He says, no, I want to do something else. What is it, Chuck? What makes you do that? Well, I think we've got to get our country back. Uh, I'm, I can't sit on the sidelines and watch everything that's happening. We've got a president in the White House that's too old to know what's going on. We have people in the Congress on the Democrat side that are doing absolutely nothing. And we have Republicans. It's not all the Democrats. No, it's not. We, we have Republicans uh, who are not... Uh, standing up for their responsibilities. We have to get people who believe in this country, who believe in God, who believe in getting getting our Constitution back, 
That's the only way we're going to win this war against America. You know, one of the things that I uh, have talked about for many years now is America purports to believe in God. We just don't believe him anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, have you noticed that? We just don't yeah. believe God anymore. I, and, and and we're taught that way in our schools. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's unbelievable. We say yeah. we revere yeah. the Bible. George Gallup, back there in 1995, down in Dallas, said in a speech, he said, we, we, we purport to revere the Bible. We just don't read it. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right. That having been said, uh, you're married to a, a woman by the name of Edith. How long have you been married? Uh, she'll know the numbers on this exactly to the hour. We've been married 24 years. Okay. All right. So, uh, you believe in marriage? Oh, absolutely. I, I firmly believe that. Okay. Because one, one of the problems that we're dealing with is fatherlessness. Uh, in fact, sociologists, you're, you're talking about values, and I'm going to bring this up right. because uh, sociologists, psychologists, and uh, ministers around the world, excuse me, across the country, are saying this is the number one social issue in our country. It's not racism, it's fatherlessness. That's right. And uh, there are two primary causes of fatherlessness. One is uh, unwed childbirth. That's the number one. Number two is divorce. And in the black community, the black community leads by far the yeah. statistics in both of those categories. Yeah. So we're being taught that it's okay. Exactly. So this is something you can do. This is something you can be involved with if you have the courage of your convictions. But almost nobody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you say? We're being taught that it's okay. We're, we're being shown that it's okay. Father's not in the home. Father's in jail. Father's in prison. Father's not paying support. Oh, it's okay. You can do it without it. What happened to the days, the time where the where the husband and the uh, uh, the husband and the wife worked together? The, yeah. the the father and the mother worked together. Uh, when one was ill, the other one stepped in. Uh, uh, our, our our social programs uh, provide money or shelter or 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 or, um, or, or food. As long as the father is not in the home, right? They incentivize. Uh, they incentivize yes, wickedness. Yes. Yes. Ah, yes. unbelievable, uh, friend. I uh, mean, you, Chuck. You've you've got a tall order on your hands if you're yeah, really serious. If you're really well, sincere, we've got we've got to get there, Charles. We've got to get there. We need people who believe in this country. Well, you're, you, you could be the, the you could be the William believe. Wilberforce of America with regard to the family if you wanted to. Uh, I, I, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to stand up. Okay. I, you know, I, I want to be counted. Well, wait a minute. Uh, when you stand up, how tall would you be? I am. I am five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's taller than I am for sure, and that's tall enough to make a difference. Let me tell you. In yeah. fact, you don't even have to be five five to make a difference, and I'm taller than that. So, okay. Yeah, I believe that. All right. Now, uh, you opened a law office 44 years ago. Uh, what was the nature of your practice? I opened the law office 40 years ago. My first four years were, in, were served in the military. Oh, ah, okay, Navy, got, it, got it, Navy got Jack it. Corps. Okay. Uh, uh, but 40 years ago, I started out doing uh, basic criminal court-appointed work. Mm-hmm. I did some civil work. I did some, some divorces. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, and, and, and we've grown from that. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, we do... 
criminal. We do a lot of civil work now, uh, uh, and unfortunately, we do a lot of divorces. Okay. When I practice law, I did, uh, my practice was a total civil practice, consisting about 40% uh, family law, 40% personal injury, and the rest general uh, civil litigation, wills and probate. And uh, the family law practice as I said, consisted of about 40%. And uh, 80% of my clientele came from the broader body of Christ, in other words, professing Christians. They were looking for a real Christian attorney. But when they came to me, they discovered that I really did represent Christ in the law office. And I really did represent what the Bible had to say about marriage and divorce and remarriage and all of those things. And so every single client that came through my office received some encouragement and some substantial conversation, questions, and so on, regarding their commitment to the Lord and what it was that was motivating them. And were they willing uh, to consider uh, not going through with the divorce and so on? And what I discovered was that most of them had already made up their mind. They had gone through their pastors, they had gone through their uh, uh, Christian counselors, they had gone through their Christian friends, and every one of them, at every level, had in some way encouraged them to proceed. Right. How do you deal with something like that, Chuck? You practice family law. Well, I think we, you know, as lawyers, we talk about a value system. You have to believe in something. And I believe in, uh, as my grandmother would say, just do the right thing, no matter what that is, no matter how, how, how insignificant you think, think it is. Just do what you think is right. There are some cases that I just don't take. It's not that I don't believe people don't deserve representation, but I mm-hmm. think that the, the, the pot has been soured so much mm. that there's no benefit. You, you find recidivism all over the place, sometimes because people just uh, want to, to be in trouble. Uh, you know, they think they're not <laughs> going to get caught. All right. uh, and, and they get caught not just the first and second time, but the third and fourth time, too. Uh, uh, but there, there's a greater belief out there, I think, where uh, I remember uh, in the Bible, uh, it, 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 it speaks of uh, who is willing to stand up. Uh, it, it says, you know, whatever, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, whatever light you have, let your light so shine that right. others will see your good works and glorify. These are the types of, of you know, wordings that we can use to inspire people to build yeah. on, on what has been given to us. Well, that's why I wanted to bring you on the program here today. I wanted to find out a little more deeply, probe a little bit more deeply. Uh, one of the, my favorite, in fact, no question about it, my favorite uh, endeavor within the practice of law was cross-examination during a trial. Right. So there's a certain sense in which I'm bringing you on as a, as a direct witness, but I'm also bringing you on potentially as, uh, you know, in a, in a cross-examination sense, because I want to find out who you really are. I, I, want, right. I want our listeners to be able to hear your heart. Yeah. Because the heart of the matter is the heart. It, anybody can spew words. Words are cheap. You've been talking I, about that. Words I are cheap. Yes. So yes. the question is, how deep is your conviction? How deep is your commitment? How would yeah. your How would your family? How would those around you describe that, Chuck? Yeah. Uh, 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 deep. Very deep. I grew up in the church. 
Uh, fortunately, I had a grandmother. I was raised by my grandmother. I had a grandmother who was on the choir. She was on the usher board. Uh, uh, I, you know, she helped count the money. So, mm-hmm. so every Sunday she went to church. I was there in church. Well, wait a and minute. I, Biden's Biden has been counting the money too. That's what <laughs> and, we're hearing. So He's been fun. counting the money, millions and of Biden it. Is, yeah, and Hunter <laughs> Biden has been counting the money as well from Ukraine and and, and counting the drugs. You know, <laughs> we got to bring a little humor in here. Okay, so I mean, it's crazy. You yeah. you grew up in the church, so I have a a, a more poignant question for you. Was there a point in your life where you made a commitment yourself to serve Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Oh, oh absolutely. I, 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 I was very, very young. Uh, we used to say this back in, in Sunday school, uh, who is going to give their life to Christ today? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, was, I was always on the edge, and finally on the edge, I was telling my grandmother, should I go? And she said, that's, that's only a commitment that you can make. Exactly. And I stood up by myself. I walked down the aisle. Uh, I, I firmly believe that, not just for me, but for my family, for my boys, for my girls, for children in general. Uh, we we have to be God-fearing people. Uh, we didn't get here by ourselves. Right. So there is someone, something more powerful, higher than we are, and we need to give thanks for that. You know, right. A lot of people, they you know, Charles, they walk through life thinking that you know somehow they got here by themselves, and that's the <laughs> attitude they have. Well, that's that's right. Yeah, and you you used a term that I think is the most one of the most important things that we need to consider right now, and that is the words "the fear of the Lord." You called it God fearing. Uh, the the concept of the fear of the Lord or God fearing used to be one of the most common understood concepts in America. In fact, fifty sixty years ago, if you were to ask somebody. Uh, what it meant to be a God-fearing person, they would tell you, well, somebody who who keeps their word, somebody who is faithful to uh, their commitments uh, because they know that God is looking at, at them. Okay, for the past, uh, I would say, seven, eight years, I have asked many a pastor and parachurch leader on this program live, when was the last time you heard anybody use the term a God-fearing man? Do you know that not one of them could remember anybody in the last 30 years using that phrase? We'll talk more about that when we get back from this break. Chuck Smith, candidate for U.S. Senate in Virginia, joining us here today. We're finding out about his motivation, the motivations of his heart. That's what we're really talking about. We need to know these candidates from the inside out, friends. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? 
Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, it's such a delight to have you join us here on Viewpoint today. Our viewpoint concerning candidates that uh, run uh, determines destiny. It really does. And we need to find out more about who these people are. Well, today, as I had an opportunity just to take a look at some brief uh, bio information concerning Chuck Smith, who is joining us here on the program today from Virginia Beach. Uh, I felt that, you know, here's a guy that we can talk with who will help us to get inside uh, the motivations for why somebody is running and discern, learn to discern what it is that motivates and drives them in order for us to even with other candidates, be able to discriminate between those who are looking to advance their power, perks, and position and those who are seriously wanting to serve. So I think that uh, some of that is coming out here in our conversation here, Chuck, and I'm I'm delighted that uh, you chose to be with us. In fact, you actually set aside an hour of a fundraising conference during this hour broadcast in order to join us on the air. Why would you do that? Well, I did it because I have an uh, inner belief that uh, uh, this is more important. Uh, All right. Uh, being able to reach more people, being able to talk to more people, more people finding out not just who I am, but there, there is someone else in this, in this country who believes in this country, who believes yep. in our values, who believes in our system. Well, you certainly found in- one here in those that are listening to this program. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, what you didn't know is that uh, the Lord spoke to my heart while I, at the end of my practice there in California in 2002. He said, son, you've been pleading the cause, excuse me, 1992. He said, son, you've been pleading the cause long, am- uh, long enough. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. So I said, yes, sir. We formed Save America Ministries to rebuild the foundations of faith and freedom. And as soon as we did that, the Lord said, okay, now I want you to up and sell everything that you have in California, 30 years of business, ministry, and political investment, and go to the birthplace of the nation. I'll show you what to do. So I did that. And uh, even from my law office in California, I became the state chairman for the uh, National Day of Prayer Task Force the state chairman for Virginia of the National Day of Prayer Task Force and conducted that from my law office in California and actually was able to join with Governor uh, Allen there in his office and held a prayer meeting hand-to-hand around his conference table with all of those who were serving there uh, in the governor's uh, the capital. So just to give you a little hint of where I'm coming from, when I started, when I ran for the state legislature in 76 and 78 in California, I had not a clue what, what I was getting into. I had not always wanted to run for office, 
And uh, my wife had not a clue, but she said, if the Lord's leading you, then do it. And we still, to this day, believe that God was leading us to do that. But my wife had no idea the chicanery that she and we would experience in the course of that endeavor for three years. So does your wife have any clue as to what you're going to endure? Oh, yes. Yes. She she tells me all the time, are you sure what is you're doing? And I say, yes, yes, baby, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, and I think you hit on it in the very beginning. I've got enough titles, Marine, Navy, Jack, Commander, retired, uh, uh-huh. chairman, father, husband. I've got enough titles. Uh, uh, but this is something I think that needs to be done. All right. Uh, you see, that's I that's am, what's important. Somebody that's running out of conviction, a serious conviction, not because you want to overturn abortion. Uh, not, you know, there, there's so much phoniness out there so many false causes but you have to have the courage of your convictions to do what you're doing chuck do you have that courage you think the marine corps did it for you i think it did i think it did believe me when i tell you i believe it did yes all right so how do you propose to rise above uh, the eight others that are going to be running in lanes next to you uh in the republican primary well, do a little bit about what we talk about today, challenge their faith. I think that uh, faith faith rings deep. You either mm-hmm. have it or you don't. It's not something you can just stand up and talk about it. You yeah. see it. You know it when you have it. I, look, I enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1970. People weren't enlisting. They weren't volunteering. In fact, they were running mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a displace. That's a display of courage. Uh, look, I, I, I applied and I received the Navy Jack. Corps Commission, and I retired out of the Navy Jack Corps, I think that's another display of faith. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ran for chairman of my party, and out of all the people some, uh, they you know that ran, I was the one selected. Well, I, that and, says and something. I, I, I think that speaks to, to faith. You know, I could have sat on the sidelines. I could have been just, just a little person standing at the door, but no, I decided to do something else. Look, I was born on the 4th of July. How, <laughs> how much more faith does it take? Well, Every that, 4th of July, people are, are giving thanks to me, right? Celebrating yeah. <laughs> me and all the others uh, for our special uh, birth. No, no. These are the things, I, I think these are the things that God has placed upon my heart, placed upon my chest. This is something that I have to do. All uh, right. I tell well, my wife all the time. So this, you this, feel this, like this, it's a holy mandate? Absolutely. That is, absolutely. That, that's, a, that's a powerful motivation. And uh, so it's not about power, perks, and position. It's not about uh, fame and glory. It's about uh, giving God glory by uh, standing in the gap, standing up for righteousness, for holiness, for purity, to restore the foundations of, uh, of our, our country. And uh, that brings us to the word constitution. The Bible, excuse me, uh, it was Robert Winthrop back in... Uh, the early 1800s, he said, our government was made for a moral and Christian people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. No, he didn't say that. That was John Adams. John Adams said that. Then Robert Winthrop said, uh, we will be either be governed by a power within that is inside us or by a power without, either by the Bible or by the bayonet. So, where do we stand with regard to this Constitution and the Bible? The Bible is the ultimate Constitution, isn't it? Right. Yes, yes. 
Uh, if that the fails, people... then the other Constitution fails, doesn't it? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Even though God is not mentioned in our Constitution, we knew that our founders were drawing on that. Look, look we're living in perilous times, uh, and we can't do this all by ourselves. Uh, there's no one on the planet, I think, who has the power to uh, make the rain come, make the, make the snow melt. Well, wait a minute. Uh, so Biden have... just says that he's going to inaugurate a special committee and new science endeavor that we're going to control the entire environment. We're going to control yeah. the rain. We're going to control everything. Well, I guess he has a God complex. Done. Well, he may have it, but he will one day disappear. He will one day die from this, mm-hmm. this, this earth. He, he, he's, not all, he's, not, he's not omnipotent. We, we have to believe that we can, can make a difference in our lives. And, yeah. and, and that's why I'm running. And that's, all right. that's what I tell my family all the time. All right. It was Edmund Burke who wrote a famous phrase. He says, I can't do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I should do, and by the grace of God, I will do. Are you familiar with that? Yes, yes. Make that your motto, friend. Make that your motto. I can't do everything, but I can do something. What I can do, I should do, and by the grace of God, I will do. So, how can people contact you if they wanted to? ChuckSmithVA.com. ChuckSmithVA.com. My cell phone is 757-270-1715. Okay. Uh, again, the website, ChuckSmithVA, that's for Virginia, dot com. And uh, what's that phone number again? 757-270-1715. All right. Now... <clears throat> I urge you to go to his website, find out a little bit more about uh, Chuck Smith, because here's the reason. You may live in California. You can't vote for Chuck. You may, by the way, there is a a guy uh, there in Northern Virginia, excuse me, Northern California, who I may very well bring on this program to talk about the very same kind of things. He also is running for Senate to replace Ms. Feinberg. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But you see, God is raising up people who have convictions. Question, friend, you're listening. What has he asked you to do? It doesn't have to have anything to do with politics. It doesn't have have to have anything to do with elections per se. But what is he asking you to do? And are you responding? Are you saying yes? When the Lord told me to leave the practice of law, I said, yes, sir. I didn't have a clue what was going to happen. I said, yes, sir. When he asked me to run for office, I said, yes, sir. When he asked me to leave the uh, small office in Los Angeles that I got started with after four years because I was on the edge of a partnership, he said, no, I want you to go out on your own. I said, yes, sir. You see, there comes a point in time, no matter who we are, we need to be able to say to God, yes, sir. But are we even listening? Are we even listening? Most people are about business as usual, just business as usual, and they can't understand why things never change, at least for the good. Mm-mm-mm. 
Chuck, what do your kids think about your uh, candidacy? Well, I think they like for their father to be involved. They they know this is my passion. Okay. Um, uh, You've used some, a great word, passion. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. so important, passion. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to pray for you. Right. Lord, I ask you to okay. touch the mind and heart of uh, my brother here, uh, that you'll give him continuing courage and conviction and commitment uh, to be able to press on uh, amid the struggle and that you'll reward him accordingly. Whether he wins or not, you've asked him to do this, and you have a plan and a purpose. And we ask that you'll bless him accordingly and help him to be able to raise the resources that are necessary to do it because it's tough business. In Jesus' name, amen. How's the fundraising going? It's coming along fine. It's coming along fine. We, we, we've not raised as much money as some other people, but sometimes I tell people money is not the only thing. I, I think the voters are looking at people's hearts. The voters are looking at the integrity that people have. Sometimes people mask money with their lack of courage, their lack of integrity. Yeah, well, and primarily because they've got a lot of people behind them who don't have any courage and are trying to buy their vote. Exactly, exactly. Boy, that is one of the uh, most skullduggerous things in our political system. It is a form of bribery, I think, buying votes uh, by absolutely by contributions. Yeah. And brother, I tell you, you just got to be you have got to be wary that your soul doesn't get sucked into that uh, that kind of yeah. bribery. Yeah, it's destructive. Right. It's ruining our country, uh, destroying the Congress, destroying the presidency and uh, even destroying pastors in the same way. It's unbelievable. All right, you have identified that we are on the near edge. We're in perilous times. You use the word right out of the Apostle Paul's mouth. And uh, indeed we are. Stand in the gap, my friend. Do everything to stand. Keep your mind and your heart girded with truth. Uh, I'll tell you, you mentioned truth. Truth is at the bottom line, isn't it? Absolutely. Truth is at the bottom line. You know what? Mm-hmm. Even within the church, pastors are seduced from not telling the whole truth. Yeah. Tell the whole truth, brother. Tell the Absolutely. whole truth and do it in love. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us here on the program. I really appreciate it. God bless. All right, friends, and get a copy of the book. Get a copy of the book. Renewing the Soul of America, $15 on our website, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Our guest, I'm sure, will stay on the line with me till I can get his address to get a copy off to him. Become a partner, friends. Send your gifts by faith to Save America Ministries. We don't rely on any other kind of support. Because to do so becomes a kind of false pressure to say what others want to be said. God bless, be a blessing, and pray for this uh, gentleman, Chuck Smith, as he crusades for the U.S. Senate. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.